like one day someone's going to open the top and you're going to blow up. Cutter before the college girls at Harvard were cutters. Okay. This guy was a cutter because back in Bible days, if you were a cutter, it meant that you had deep spiritual and emotional problems. Okay. That's, what, that's what it meant. It meant that you had deep spiritual and emotional problems. We're getting ready to go to boot camp next week. 300 and some odd kids are going to be there. About half of them will be girls. And I guarantee you, probably 25% of those girls are cutting now. That's how widespread this is. I was in England the other day, and uh, I was out with a couple, and they were asking me about my kids and raising kids and stuff. And, and then they, they said to me, they found out that their, their, their little girl started to cut herself. I told them, I said, I'm going to tell you, she didn't come up with that on her own. She, that's a learned behavior nowadays. The girls at school talk to each other about this. Okay? You want to feel good when you're really nervous, uptight. And, and so this is not new. We're reading a story from 2,000 years ago. And the Bible says this guy was demon-possessed, and he would cut himself. This, is not, this stuff isn't new. Okay? Today, they try to apply different things, but the guy had problems. But he encountered Jesus Christ, and Jesus delivered him, and look at it. The Bible says that when the demons left this man, it caused such a ruckus that the people of the city who knew this man to be a, the local psycho, they all ran to see what was going on. And look at the verse right there in front of you. It says, they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the lesion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. That's deliverance. This is not five years of therapy. This is not uh, a regimen of Prozac. This man had a supernatural encounter. Power that was beyond him was able to reach down and pull this man out of that bondage, that habit. Remember what Jesus said in the verse, open prison doors. Liberate captives. Liberate those who are oppressed. Jesus said, that's why I came. I came to bring deliverance. Judges 15, 14. <clears throat> when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burnt with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. Now, the Bible says in this story about Samson that he had been tied up and left for the Philistines to uh, capture him. They were very upset, and they wanted to kill him. And the men of Lehi had uh, tied him up and left him as a gift for the Philistines. And the Bible says that as the Philistine army was approaching, it says that those ropes became like flax. Here he is. He's all bound up. He can't get out. He's stuck. You ever feel that way? Ever, you ever had a habit that you feel like, I'm, I'm so tied up, I can't get out? I want to get out. I don't like this. You know, we, we've done a skit once or twice before called Sin in the Box. And in the Sin in the Box, you know, we set it up out of Fiesta or some area where lots of people are. And the guy comes, and, and he sees this box, and it says sin. He doesn't, he's curious, so he steps in, and there's all the... The pleasures that are there, there's the alcohol, and there's the drugs, and there's a pornographic magazine, and, and he's toying with it as people are watching him. And then when he wants to get out of the box, he can't get out. And 
and he starts screaming and yelling and asking for passers-by to help him out of the box. And every once in a while, some well-meaning person walking by tries pulling him out of the box. And then the rest of the skit is all the different things that they try to help him with, and he can't get out of the box. Well, here's, here, here's Samson. He's all tied up, and he can't He's stuck. Then it says, look at the scripture, then the spirit of the Lord came upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire and his bonds broke loose from his hands. What was the difference? The difference was the spirit of the Lord. That's what we're talking about. Deliverance is not you and your own strength. But it's the promise of God that the Spirit of the Lord can come and things that used to hold us bound could not be bound. Now, if you're a Bible student, you know that down the road, he's going to be tied up again. But this time, there won't be any Spirit of the Lord. And he can't break free. The Spirit of God can reach down into your circumstance. Habits that, that you, 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 could, thought you could never break can be broken. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You can become a new creation. creation. And I want you to listen to me, especially over the next couple of minutes here. New creation. Genuine Christianity comes with this promise not just this promise, but this validation that when a person becomes a Christian, there is going to be the evidence of change. You are not going to be the same person. God is going to work a miracle. Old things are going to pass away and all things are going to become new. Now, the word creation there is the Greek word metamorphosis, and we usually associate that word with the... uh, the uh, uh, caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and then a transformation or a metamorphosis changes and then the cocoon, the cocoon breaks open and now becomes a beautiful butterfly. And that's the, that's the word that's used there. That God does a miracle in our lives and uh, you know before we were saved, we were like ugly little caterpillars. And when we come to Christ, a metamorphosis and he changes us. Now, let me go on record and say that change, there are dramatic parts to it, and then there are less dramatic parts to it. There's a process. How many people here have, are perfect since you became a Christian? Let me see your hand. Anybody here? How many of you, though, could honestly say, and you're not just making this up, that you are a different person now that you are a Christian? Okay. So we're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about change. I became a Christian, I changed. I did not become perfect, far, far from it, but I changed. And the people who knew me before and after would tell you that I changed. Something very dramatic happened to me in my life. I became a new person. Okay, now I could talk to you about the long hair and the drugs and and all that, I can look you in the eye and tell you that when I got saved, I never smoked marijuana again, which was a miracle considering I had practiced every day using it for probably five years. And, and a, a God did a miracle, but the real change was on the inside. Something happened to me. 
And when what had changed on the inside happened, it changed what I was on the outside. It was dramatic. There was a transformation in my life. I was a new creation. God worked a miracle, and when he did that, all things that I could have never stopped on my own fell away from me. The new things began to become a part of my life that I would have never dreamed were a part of my life. How many people here honestly can say, I experienced a deliverance when I got saved? Okay, good. Uh, I want to open it up now. Now, I'm going to ask, please, that you be conscious of time and be brief. But I'd like to hear some testimonies from people here who you can say that, when, that you experienced a real deliverance. What I mean by that, I'm, I'm feelings and emotions and all that, but I mean just like Israel coming out of Egypt, uh, Peter coming out of prison, new creation, and that God worked a miracle. And you can say, you know, I like to just say this is what God did for me because not everybody here understands this. And I want to hear victorious testimonies of God's miracle power. I see Doris, I see Vicki, I see Greg. Let's start there, and then Brian. Amen. Okay. So, um, yeah, for some, so some people don't know my testimony. So um, I, I was a homosexual, and I remember when I got saved, um, you know, I was one of those people with the butch haircut and the whole thing like that. And um, when I got saved, it was, um, you know, I said a prayer. I didn't cry or anything. I, me- I didn't know what it meant, but I meant what I said. And I remember within two weeks or so, I had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. And I didn't have a list of, like, you can't go to gay clubs anymore and that stuff. So I didn't know any better. So I went to a club. And I remember being there with my friends and, you know, trying to smoke. And, like, I didn't want to smoke. And having a drink. And I was like, I didn't want to drink. And then, and then next thing you know, I'm looking out at the dance floor. And I'm like, all of a sudden, it's like blinds were on my eyes. And they just opened up. And I looked out. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, and God just right there, just like that, showed me, this is what you're in. You're in sin, and you need to make a decision what you're going to do. And I'm, if, if someone was watching me, they probably would have freaked out because I was, like, making all these weird faces, like, like what is going on here? And I, I was like, God, I don't want this. And it's like, you make a decision what you're going to do. And I walked out, and that was it. I never went back. And, you know, I, you find, you know, through the years, you, you get, the devil wants to mess with you and stuff. But I, I found at that point right there, when I dropped it right there, I left it, and I walked away from it. It was like, it was uh, something just totally lifted off my head, you know, off of me, and I, it was total deliverance. And, you know, I was able to tell some of my friends that I ran into later on, it's like, I, I have to cut the ties with you. I have nothing to do with you anymore. I said, I can't live with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve Jesus. Amen. Very good. Vicki. When I first got saved, um, when I prayed, I remember I was a real hard person before I got saved. But when I prayed, I remember I cried so much that I let out everything that I had been holding on to. And after that, I experienced, like, I became very sensitive, emotional, to now I have to guard my heart to not to overdo it, you know. And, but when I prayed, I, I was an alcoholic, and God delivered me instantly. I never craved the alcohol, never touched it again. And till now, I mean, God's did a wonderful miracle in my life in that area. Praise God. All right, Greg. I, uh, when I got saved, you know, the drugs and alcohol I had, that had been bound with dropped off immediately. Uh, but it was about three weeks after my salvation, I was delivered from pornography. 
I took, I had almost $1,000 worth of uh, pornographic materials and stuff, and I just, he says, I got to get rid of this stuff. I went down to the beach there in Havasu, and, you know, it was a big old, built a big old bonfire and just had a, had a fun time burning it all up. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, through the years, like, like uh, Doris was saying, the devil tries to bring it back. But I says, no, 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 no. I got delivered from that. I'm not going to take it back. You know, I've been set free completely, and that's been almost 36 years now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Uh, Brian. I want to thank God for my salvation. Back in 1983, I got violated. I was raped by a homosexual and stuff. I developed a deep rage against all males. I wouldn't allow no guy, especially I hated homosexuals, but when I decided to let no guy get close within my zone about six feet, no guy was able to get in my zone six feet, period. I mean, no guy was able to. I had friends who tried to get close to me, and uh, I went out loud, and my hand was always cocked to, to strike them and stuff. And later on, um, it drove me, uh, when friends started getting close to me and stuff like this, um, it drove me, I was in a suicidal mode, and it's like this. I was about ready to, I said, God, why am I doing what I'm doing? I said, why am I going to hit my own friends? I went to my first sergeant and I said, sir, I need to talk to you and stuff. I kept a secret for a couple of years. I didn't tell nobody about the violation and stuff. I told my first sergeant about this, and he said, Brian, I want to get you some help. And it's like this. And he says, hey, Brian, later on, he says, hey, uh, let's ask your friends and myself. Let's all go to the beach and we'll just relax. And uh, just, you know, just, you need some time to uh, just relax and everything. I went to the beach with the guys and stuff. I didn't go into the water. My first sergeant walked into the water. He got uh, pinched by a crab. He came to me. He saw me standing there. He says, hey, do you mind if I lean upon you to uh, fix my foot? And I said, sure. One side of me, uh, so I was watching my first sergeant get close to me. Remember, I said, no guys able to get close to me. And it's like this. My first sergeant turned his head away uh, from me look, to look at his foot, not realizing I'm about ready to knock my own first sergeant down and stuff. I'm fighting everything within me to keep myself from hitting this guy. And uh, I didn't hit him. I did not hit my first sergeant. I did talk to him. He says, I almost hit you. He says, you know, Brian, I'm your friend before I'm your first sergeant. It took me to tears. I started crying. So I says, you know, I'm tired of this. And he says, Brian, you need to go on uh, leave or vacation to see your mom and dad. So I went home to see my mom and dad. Mom and dad are all excited. Oh, Brian, you're here and stuff, you know. And I'm keeping this all secret to myself. And I tell any one of them what took place. Later on that night, because they wanted me out to eat and stuff, of course. But that night, I says, Mom and Dad, I need to talk to you. I got raped. And it's like this. And I'm suicide. I want to commit suicide and stuff. And one of his, my, my uh, dad was speechless. And uh, what, uh, there's, I got a picture of me leaning away from my own dad. And The suicide it bothered me hard because that's my dad. Um, I, I, he talked to me, he's speechless because what do you say to somebody who is hurt and stuff like this? But um, I remember some young lady, some, some ladies here in my church here, thank God for some of these ladies who didn't give up on me and stuff. They uh, pressed in and asked me to come to church and stuff. Finally, I came to church. Again, I kept a secret. I only stayed with the ladies when I got to the church because I no guy could get close to me and stuff like this. And I, I heard the preaching. I didn't understand anything that was going on with the preaching. Uh, but finally, I uh, 
church was over with. I was waiting for my ride home because one of the girls um, brought me to church. And uh, one of my sons, and she was, I, t- I went and told her what took place. And she says, you know, Brian, you talk to the pastor. So I talked to the pastor. I didn't hit the pastor, but I did talk to the pastor. And, um, and he prays, says, no, there's a, there, uh, you were assaulted. It's like this. Satan you know, comes to steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus Christ overcame Satan at the cross. And uh, he says, you need to pray and ask um, Jesus into your life and stuff. Ever since that day, the, the rage that I had, it all went. Because I, I forgave the guy. I forgave the guy, and I asked God to help me and stuff like this. And when the walls have all came down and stuff like this, no matter what, I just know. I thank God that um, there's a big, there's a big deliverance in my life. So I thank yes. God for my salvation and stuff. I stopped the cussing, the drinking, and all that kind of stuff too and stuff. But thank God for salvation. Amen. Hallelujah! Praise God. Judy, and then Joe. Hold on, Judy. Uh, I just want to praise God for my salvation. I got saved March the 28th of 1988, and it was the best day of my life. Um, had so much weight upon me. And um, I remember when I prayed at the altar, um, all that weight came off of me, like Vicki said. And um, it was just amazing because all I ever wanted was security and love and family. And when I came to church, um, I met so many people at once, and it was just amazing. I was like, wow, these people really care. And um, I remember before that time, um, I lived in a home where um, my dad wasn't around, and and there there was a lot of insecurity there. And um, my parents ended up getting divorced when I was like, 14 or 15, and um, from that point on, I felt so rejected, and um, I was just so insecure, and um, I remember, too, you know, just after that, just wanting to find love, and always um, longing for that, so um, I had um, many boyfriends, and one in particular I stayed with, and he just like really hurt me, but um, I just praise God because I really, really hated my dad and just hated men in general, and um, that was the, one of the first things that God really dealt with me about was to forgive my dad and to forgive you know men and the way they were toward me, and God really set me free, and he helped me to forgive my dad, and he helped me to love my dad, and um, because of that, my dad got saved, and he died about two years ago, and I just praise God because God just took all that weight off of me and just healed my heart and helped me to uh, just love my dad and changed everything. Praise God. Praise God. Very, very good. Two. <laughs> very good. Excellent. Joe? Hey, uh, Pastor, when I was in fifth grade, uh, my friends and I found a brick of marijuana, uh, that my my friend stole from his uncle's uh, diesel. He had a whole truckload of it. And from fifth grade on, I started smoking pot with my friends. 
So uh, I knew it was wrong, and I, you know, but you just start doing it. And I know you know you can relate what I'm saying is that I would say, okay, this is wrong. I got to stop. This continued till I was into high school. When I joined football and then all that, you know, you got to try to be clean. And I could be clean Monday through Friday, but the weekend came, and I knew it was bad. And, uh, and then when I became a Christian, you know, I was, you know, I said, God, I need you to help me, man. Uh, even Helen didn't know that, uh, you know, I used to smoke pot, and who knows? I mean, we used to lace it with other stuff. And when I became a Christian, I said, and I would do good. I said, okay, I'm going to do good Monday through Friday. So a lot of people think, oh, because I'm not, I do good Monday through Friday. I'm not really addicted. You know, I'm okay. I can control it. And it's not true. Because as soon as I smelt it, and I don't know if anybody can relate to this, as soon as you smell it, all those feelings would come. Things were released in you, chemicals, and you just, you know, where is it? And you just look for it, and you did it. And uh, when I gave my life to Christ, uh, I just wanted to let people know that he really set me free uh, from the addiction to marijuana. Whether it was a just a psychological dependence, some people say, you weren't really addicted. Well, I don't know. I just know if I smelt it, I needed it, I did it. And so Jesus can set you free from that. That's why uh, it's hard to serve God in Colorado, because you smell it. You smell it everywhere nowadays. But these these are powerful testimonies. Okay, I, if you if you're here and you're like, did I go to these people? Did I last night I wrote a script and say, okay, you read this and you read this. The truth is that we could go on for an, another hour like this today. The, the, and, and you know, if you pull any of these people aside, you know what, and say, are you perfect? They're not perfect. You know, if you, you read about the children of Israel, they left Egypt. I mean, that was a miracle. They broke 10 generations of, of bondage and slavery, but yet they weren't perfect. They were far from perfect. They still had issues. There were still things that, that from, you know, you took them out of Egypt, but it took a while to get Egypt out of them. And every one of these people are going to say to you, oh, yeah, I, I still had other issues and all that. But every one of them, experienced a deliverance well they'll be the first to tell you I didn't climb out of this hole God reached down took my hand and pulled me out of this hole and if there's any credit it's that I simply grabbed a hold of his hand and said God I need you to help me here and I need you to do this and to hear these people say you know things that were like ropes that were tied around me became like flax and all of a sudden they they, they came off of me and all of a sudden, I didn't have that habit. I didn't have that craving, that desire. That's, that's what we're talking about this morning. And that if you're going to begin and approach breaking any habit, it starts right here by saying, God, this is bigger than me. I confess this. I'm going to drop my pride. I can handle it. Richard Pryor was famous for saying that he quit cocaine thousands of times. You know, you're going to have to say, hey, this is bigger than me. I cannot do this on my own. But God, I believe that if I reach out to you, you can, rule, pull, you can pull me out. Okay, Patrick? Um, I know uh, growing up in church, and I, I've heard you say this several times about how uh, like the best testimony a church kid can have is saying you grew up in church, you didn't go out into the world, you stayed saved and stuff. But um, 
even being a church kid, you can still let little things get into your life. And for me, um, one of the big things that caught on to me was self-pity. And um, you know, I've heard you say before, it's as addicting as heroin or anything like that. And um, I remember uh, as I went into middle school and, um, and as my parents got divorced, I, I grew a, a big, big wall of bitterness towards my dad. And, um, and it, I basically just started feeling sorry for myself. Like, oh, none of my other friends in the church are going through this. And so as I went to my first boot camp, 